Well, thank you for taking the time to watch the video. We've heard some wonderful prophecy messages from Dr. Linstead. And today I would like to discuss a little bit about why are we studying prophecy so much? And, and some may want to know why it's so important to, to understand and study it out. So I want to just take this time to say, even at this late hour, why it's more important than ever. Do you know that Christianity is the only religion that has prophecy in it? Buddhism, Confucianism, Hinduism, Islam, all others do not have prophecy. In fact, J. Barton Payne says that there are 1,239 prophecies in the Old Testament. There are 578 in the New Testament for a total of 1,817 prophecies in the Bible. These prophecies are contained in 8,352 verses and there are 31,124 verses in the Bible. And if you do the math, that means that the Bible's content is 26.8% prophecy. I think that cements its place and prophecy in God's eyes and in His inspired Word. But some say, Mark, prophecy is so dark and pessimistic. Who wants to be weighed down with all that doom and gloom? Well, I wanted to share a few with you that aren't so doom and gloom. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. Well, that doesn't seem like such doom and gloom to me. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 11, he says, He shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. That prophecy sounds more like a promise of salvation to me. While it is speaking of the sacrifice that Christ will make for you and I, it's hardly doom and gloom. In fact, it says Christ will take our punishment. Another reason that we study prophecy and why it's so important is that we need it to fully understand the Word of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Also, in Luke chapter 24, we read some more verses, and notice here where the word all is used multiple times. In Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 25, it says, Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded the things concerning himself. You see, we should study, search, understand, and believe that prophetic word. Why? Well, we see in these very verses that, that Christ himself on earth put his seal of approval, his seal of the re reliability of the authority of these prophecies contained in the Bible. Why else are prophecies important? Prophecies that have been fulfilled already are a magnificent way to confirm the inspired writing of the Word of God. In Isaiah chapter 40, we see that John will be the forerunner, and he was. We read in Isaiah chapter 7 again that Christ would be born of a virgin, and he was. We read in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 that he would be born in Bethlehem. In fact, it says Bethlehem Euphrata. You know, there are two Bethlehems in Israel. And it gave this specific city some 700 years before the birth of Christ. Oh, you see, not all prophecy is doom and gloom. Psalm 72 says he would be visited by the wise men. Some 400 years before his birth, it says these wise men would visit him. And speaking of those very wise men, those are the men that Daniel was made chief of some 600 years before the birth of Christ, instilling into them the prophecies of the Messiah, that they should search him and find him. 
In Isaiah chapter 53, we read that he, Christ, would be the sin bearer. Thank God for that. Zechariah chapter 11, we read that he would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Psalm 22, we read that he would be crucified. Isaiah 53 verse 9 says he would be buried with the rich. In fact, Joseph of Arimathea, a wealthy man, sought the body of Christ from Pilate, and he buried it in his own hand-hewn tomb. In Psalm 16 and John chapter 2, we see that he would and did rise again. In Psalm 68, we see that he would and did ascend on high. Seeing these prophecies fulfilled should give us believers great confidence in the Bible. But there are other prophecies that we await the fulfillment of. And only by searching the scriptures, reading and studying these prophecies contained therein, can we be prepared for what's to come. Can we actually see the blueprint of what is to come to pass? In Amos chapter 3 verse 7, we see here it says, He will reveal his secret unto the servants, the prophets. In John chapter 16 verse 4, we read a verse that's one of my favorites. And he's speaking to the people there. He says, But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them. You see, it's paramount that we know what's contained in the Word of God. He has laid the blueprint before us of things to come. He told us these things so that we would know when they begin to happen, we would remember that He told us first. That these things would transpire, further proving who He is, and that He is coming for us. But these things spoke of in the time of tribulation are so scary. Good. They ought to scare people without the redemption of Christ to death. You can avoid those awful and scary things. You don't have to spend an eternity separated from God. You don't have to endure that terrible time of tribulation. You can be spared. Christ has paid the price. All you have to do is admit that you, like I, are a sinner. That you have no way to heaven by yourself. You see, it is the gift of God. His Son, a sacrifice made for the world. He, that God Himself, paid that penalty of your sins as He did mine. You accept that He and He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. You place your faith in that sacrifice and in His finished work. You will spend an eternity with Him. And if you are alive as the tribulation begins, you will be caught up, removed from this earth to meet him in the skies, and thus be removed from the time of tribulation. Another reason that he gave us prophecy is so that we would not be ignorant. Another one of my favorite words out of scripture, and that's Strong's word G50, agneo, meaning to not know or to not understand. As it says in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, For I would not, brethren, meaning all those in the body, that ye should be ignorant or not know of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in part has happened to Israel. He says, I have included these prophecies so that you are not blind like Israel has been. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13 says, But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which are asleep in Jesus will God bring them with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, 
with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up, shall be raptured together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and that we shall ever be with the Lord. And then it says to comfort one another with these words. Oh, see, prophecy comforts. People who know prophecy know how it ends. They know that Christ is victorious. Oh, don't you see, beloved, we will not suffer through the doom and gloom of the tribulation. Another reason he gave us prophecy is that it will strengthen our faith when the whole world is gripped in fear. In Luke chapter 21, we read of this, beginning in verse 25. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then they shall see the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Notice it says, look up. Don't look down. Don't look sideways. There's nothing that man has done that will save him. It says to look up. And then it continues. Lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. We as believers, as the saved, as the sanctified, must warn the ungodly of what is coming, both in the physical death and in the tribulation. How can we do this if we don't know the scriptures, if we don't know the prophecies? In Matthew chapter 3, verse 7, it says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? God's judgment will soon come upon this Christ-rejecting world. Oh, don't you see that we're in the latter days? Tell them to look up. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning in verse 7, says, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. See, there is a personal prophecy for every man, woman, and child born on this earth. The prophecy is, is that if you die without Christ, you will be punished with everlasting destruction. You will burn in hell for eternity. You will be separated from God forever and ever. The death that our sins bring upon us is, is the eternal separation from God. The remedy for those sins is faith in Jesus Christ. That He came to this earth, that He bore your sins and my sins on that cross. That he rose again the third day and is now at the right hand of the Father. Oh, don't you see, beloved? It is our duty and it is the will of God that we warn every one of these things which are to come. Whether by the fear of death, separation from God forever, or tribulation, we are to be proclaiming him daily. We are to draw others to him. And here's some sobering words from Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 33, beginning in verse 7, says, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman. You see, believer, you are a watchman. You have a job. He says, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore shalt thou hear the word of my mouth, and warn them from me. 
When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. We are to warn the wicked, those without God. It is our duty. The Lord holds us accountable for sharing him with unbelievers. And then it continues on, it says, Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way, then to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. It says, If you warn them and they heed not, that is on their own heads. Can you think of any more sobering words in the Bible? Let me ask you this, how are you doing on your job? Are you warning the wicked? We are to know these things which are to come, that we do not fall prey to them ourselves. See if any of this sounds familiar. 2 Timothy chapter 3 beginning in verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Are we in perilous times? For men, mankind as it were, shall be lovers of their own selves. I think spot on for right now, I'd say. They will be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. It's almost like the Lord was work, looking at the world right now. It continues to say they will be without natural affection. They will be truce breakers and false accusers. Oh, we've seen our fair share of those lately, haven't we? They'll be incontinent or without self-control. They'll be fierce. They'll be despisers of those that are good. Remember in our current climate how it is right now. You, can offend any, you cannot offend anybody in today's climate except for the Christian. It's okay to offend a Christian, but nobody else. It says right there, despisers of those that are good. It continues on to say they will be traitors, they will be heady, they will be high-minded. And this one I think really hits the nail on the head. It says they will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Oh, a pretty good window into the world today. I do believe that we are living in the last days. Every one of us ought to be begging those around us to come to Christ. As the Bible says, woe, woe unto us if we don't. And then lastly, for the believer, there is a special blessing. Revelations chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. For the time is at hand. You see, that personal prophecy of every man, woman, and child born on this earth, that if you die without Christ, you will spend an eternity in destruction. For the time is at hand. Then again in Revelations chapter 22, verse 7, Behold, I, the Lord, come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of this prophecy of this book. Oh, see, prophecy is important. It's so important it takes up more than a quarter of the Bible. It's important to the unbeliever to make them understand what is coming and to turn them to Christ. And it is even more important to the believer that we know the blueprint, as it were, of things to come. That we be more motivated than ever to share Christ with others. When you see the people of this world, look at them the way Christ does. There is not one soul that Christ wants to spend an eternity separated from God. In John chapter 3, it says, Christ did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 
says, Who will have all men, that is mankind, to be saved, and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? Seeing that we are in the latter days, and knowing what we know of the coming tribulation, we should be more motivated than ever to share the salvation that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask you today to think and to know and to understand the time is at hand. If you've never had that time in your life when you've come to the Savior and said, I'm a sinner, I need you. I place my faith in you and your finished work on the cross. I beg of you to do it today. If you have any questions about your salvation or where you might spend eternity, please contact us here on our Facebook page of Community Bible Chapel or on our YouTube channel. We'll be happy to reach out and let you know how you can know today that you can spend an eternity in heaven with Christ. If you would like to ask a question of Dr. Linstead and or Bible Truth and Prophecy, please email us at the Bible Truth and Prophecy, or BTIP as we call it, email address. That's BibleTipNow at gmail.com. B-I-B-L-E-T-I-P-N-O-W at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.